You're listening to the Shared Value Podcast, proudly brought to you by the Shared Value Project and the Shared Value Initiative. It's a place where leaders from around the world talk about the business of solving social issues. Well, good afternoon. Uh, I'm Peter Yates, and it's my pleasure to be here at the Shared Value Summit in Boston, uh, here with uh, Mark Kramer, uh, the co-author of the original article. Welcome, Mark. Thank you, Peter. Pleasure to be here. Pleasure to have you here. (laughs) Thank you. And Mark, what an exciting summit uh, it has been. Um, We were discussing before uh, the quality of the speakers, particularly um, uh, uh, the the delegation from Peru. But but I think behind this summit, um, it's always interesting to ask you, what do you, have you seen as the biggest changes uh, in the past year? And obviously this summit, there's a focus on purpose. Uh, we have Larry Fink's letters on purpose. And uh, so just tell us a little bit about um, purpose and shared value. Yeah, and I, I think we've actually been working, uh, as you know, on developing a purpose playbook for companies to actually put this into practice. Uh, we certainly see more and more companies talking about this idea of purpose. Uh, for many of them, it's a rather empty phrase. They have some lovely uh, words up on the wall that don't really have anything to do with how they operate their business, with the impact they have in the world. Uh, I think when purpose really comes down to impact, uh, to helping deliver both social impact and business impact, that's where purpose really meets shared value. And so we've really been exploring this link between purpose and shared value and whether shared value is the vehicle through which companies can really implement a meaningful purpose. So uh, can you have a company uh, with purpose but without shared value? I actually don't think so. Uh, but we've been having some internal debates on exactly how the two are linked together. But, you know, if, if share value means that you are intentionally having a positive social impact as an integral part of your strategy and business operations, that certainly sounds like having a purpose to me. And, and we've had some interesting speakers talking about the importance of not just engaging employees, but giving them an opportunity to have a sense of fulfillment. We've had speakers talking about the importance of having meaning in life. And I think certainly having a, uh, working with a company that has a genuine purpose that really is expressed through shared value uh, is a phenomenal way to engage employees, but to really give them a sense of fulfillment and a meaningful sense of purpose for their lives. So purpose uh, and societal value, purpose and societal change rather than a purpose for profit? Where yes. does this all fit together? Yeah. Well, you know, I, I, as we've always said, the, the, the most powerful way to change society is when you have a profitable business model to do it, because then you can scale without having to raise charitable dollars or depend on government. You can sustain it indefinitely. You can continue to innovate. Um, so. Not every problem, we always say, can be solved by shared value. Not every problem has a market-based solution. But when you can achieve social impact through a for-profit model, we believe that is by far the most powerful way to do it. So Larry Fink's uh, two letters last year and this year, which uh, Michael Porter put up on uh, during his presentation, Uh, uh, Larry is talking about purpose. Is he talking about purpose and social value? Is he talking about purpose and shared value? Where do you think he's got to? I'm not sure he's gotten to shared value yet, to be honest. Uh, He certainly is talking about a purpose in making a positive contribution to society. Um, But I suspect he is still 
taking a somewhat broader definition of what that positive contribution might be. Um, I'm not sure that he is as focused on issues of climate change and education and poverty and health and nutrition, uh, where we see the real shared value opportunities, uh, as opposed to simply a business uh, like ExxonMobil that's serving a purpose in society by, you know, helping people have access to energy and drive around their automobiles. But, you know, we wouldn't really see that as a shared value purpose. So uh, at the conference, um, we've seen uh, the pharmaceutical industry with a very strong presence this year. Uh, Abbott, uh, Novartis, um, uh, uh, Novo Nordis. No, Novo Nordis. Um, how is it that these large um, pharmaceutical companies have come to the concept of shared value in such a powerful way? Well, I think they've come to it in a couple of ways. One is that uh, the growth for pharmaceuticals is in emerging markets. And we heard one of the speakers today say that by 2022, which is quite soon, uh, a third of all pharmaceutical sales will be in emerging markets. Um, and uh, of course, the infrastructure to diagnose and prescribe and administer medication is absent in many emerging markets. And so we're seeing pharmaceutical companies have to look beyond simply developing and selling a drug to actually thinking about how you help foster the creation of uh, a healthcare system that reaches people even in rural communities. And that, of course, is a shared value challenge. So I think that's one area we're seeing it. I think the other area where we're seeing it is that, um, uh, as we heard uh, the CEO of Novartis describe, uh, there's real challenges around defending their pricing model in developed markets. And it's very exciting to hear Novartis talk about a single-dose medication that can cure a child for life of a disease that would have been crippling, debilitating, deadly. But how do you charge for that one dose? Uh, the pharmaceutical industry is used to uh, dosages that go over many years and so might add up to millions of dollars, but the price per dose is much more modest. Here you have a medication where the price per dose might be worth a million or two million dollars. That's not such an easy concept to get across to the public and to the government and so on. So how do you really define the value to society of your new medication? Right. And then how do you use that to sort of set the shadow pricing under which you can defend the pricing that you need to fund the research? Mark, at this year's Shared Value uh, Leadership Conference um, here in Boston, I've noticed a very strong business presence. Um, previous conferences, there's probably been uh, a quite a larger delegation from the NGO community. Um, is that, uh, uh, what's, what's driving that? Yeah, that, that quite was similar to what we see in Australia, actually, this year. Well, well that but was, I was intentional. surprised. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and it's a bit smaller this year. We brought it back to Boston. We, we scaled it down a little bit so we could be more selective about who's here. Uh, because you're right, I, I think there have been uh, a lot of NGOs that are eager to come, uh, partly to learn what we have to say, but I think partly to hit up the companies that are here for charitable contributions. Uh, and that has changed the character a little bit of some of the discussions and, and dinner table conversations. So I think we made an effort this year to really focus it back onto the business community. 
Well, Mark, the conference has been fabulous. Bobby has done a wonderful job, I think, for her first conference that she's uh, that she's taken responsibility for. A uh, very exciting time ahead, and thank you for your time. Well, thank you, Peter. It's great to have you here. It's great to have such tremendous support for the shared value concept in Australia, and we certainly owe that to you and your team there. Thank you. Thank you, Mark.